Hello and welcome to Pop of Passion. Join me, Jack Sparker, comedian and highly sensitive person, along with a guest every other week as we delve into our deepest passions. From being a plant dad to conquering insecurity with comedy. If you relish the memory of an unexpected late night conversation with a stranger about their obscure passion, the kind where you have tears in your eyes one second and are doubled over laughing the next, this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome to Pop of Passion. I'm Jack Sparker and I'm so glad you're here. My guest today once ate a roast chicken with Barbara Streisand for 7.5 hours. She is known for her television role as Gypsy in Gilmore Girls and Gypsy and Berta in the Netflix movies Gilmore Girls A Year in the Life. She was the recipient of the TV line Best Comedy Revelation of 2016 for her dual role. She has over 90 television and movie credits. Her film appearances include The Guilt Trip with Barbara Streisand and George Clooney's Oscar-nominated Good Night and Good Luck. She has voiced several characters in Hotel Transylvania 1 and 2 and is currently voicing several characters on the new series Madagascar, A Little Wild. She will recur on the new HBO Max series Hacks with Gene Smart. She will also appear later this season in United States of Al on CBS. Please welcome to Pop of Passion, Rose Abdu. Thank you. Wow, thank you so much for being here. How's your day going? It's going great. I actually got so much accomplished knowing that I had this, and I'm so glad I checked our correspondence because I was thinking, well, I have till four o'clock, four o'clock, and then I was like, wait a minute, I don't live in Chicago. It's four o'clock central, which <laughs> is two o'clock here where I am. Yeah. So I'm very happy to join you. And uh, I got up early and got a lot done. So I'm very proud of myself. That is awesome. I'm proud of you always, but especially today. Thank you. <laughs> so Rose, what is your passion? Well, I was excited when you asked me to talk about my passion because most people who want to interview me want to talk about acting. And I'd be happy to talk about that if you want to. But I have a passion for sculpting miniature food and animals out of clay. That's my passion. I love But my that. passion is also organizing, but I didn't think <laughs> I didn't think that would be as interesting to go here's my closet and all my folded sweaters. So I thought the miniature food, when you ask about passion, it seems to be like the definition of passion. What would you say that is? I mean, if it's something that just sparks joy and you feel like you look forward to doing it, yeah, that's, that's kind of passion, right? Exactly that. Yeah. yeah. So I would have to say sculpting. So how did you get into sculpting? Well, I think one year my mother gave me some clay in my Christmas stocking. And uh, my mother always encouraged us artistic side of it. I have a sister who can just take a pencil and just look at you for two seconds and draw like it's, and it looks like a photograph. Like yeah. my family is so talented and my mother, they, they both just sew and they paint and really very, very creative people. So she gave me some clay. And then I remember I was sitting around when I first moved to LA and I was watching TV and I was trying to diet. And I was thinking like, I wish I could have like a burrito or nachos. It was something like that. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I'm not going to go to the store, but what if I could make what I wish I could be eating? And that's how it started. And I realized that I am very good at sculpting very tiny food. Yeah, that's amazing to me. I've seen your work and it is so tiny. It's so tiny. Yeah. 
I have a, a few things next to me. I don't have the plates of food, but then I started doing, this is really strange. Ever listen to a, um, a radio show or, or TV thing that will, it just inspired me. Like that talent, I will call it a talent, it <laughs> for years. And then I heard a story on NPR about cottage core. You're young, so you yeah. might know, but if I mentioned cottage core to people my age, they're like, what's cottage core? <laughs> you guys. People are really into this movement where it's like the, you know, the very 70s looking like owls and gnomes and strawberries and just, you know, very cute. I don't know the whole definition of cottagecore, but I remember hearing the story and pioneer dresses and a return to simpler times and growing your own food. And I just thought, well, I need to sculpt a mouse driving a strawberry. Yes. Because the cottagecore people will love it. And then I ended up doing it, putting it on Instagram. I didn't get one response from cottagecore people, but everybody else seemed to go crazier. So that's what that's what was the re- rebirth of my, um, here, I'll show you this. Oh, oh I love it. That's the little mouse driving. Now you can see by my hand. Yeah, it's how tiny. It's really tiny. Wow. Yeah, every, everybody's like the size of a quarter. Yeah. That She's is, driving a strawberry. That is so cool. So where do you get your inspiration? Like, why did you think um, strawberry and mouse, you know? I don't know. I kept thinking like, well, cottage court, I think they were talking about strawberries and toadstools. And then I did a little tiny gnome driving a mushroom. That is so cool. I have a bunch of them. But then I was like, well, I always, I don't know. You know, the first one though, in my mind was I needed to drive a, a squirrel driving a peanut. That. That's very clever. Yeah, marshmallow wheels. You know, it's one of those things where it pops into my head and then I have to do it to get it out of, just to get it out of my head. My husband's an artist and he draws. He has a very successful book uh, and website called Mad a Napkin. He draws a daily comic on a napkin. And he said, sometimes you just have the the drawing or the image spinning around in your head and you want to get it out. Yeah. So it just happens. And then I, someone yeah. will mention like pie and I'll go, a blueberry should drive a cherry pie like that. That is so cool. And it just appears in the space between your ears. Right, exactly. Exactly. And it does, it brings you joy. It brings others joy. Oh, thank you for saying that. And then like politically what's going on when the the Democrats usually, you know, the symbol is the donkey. And it made me think, well, I have to do a donkey. Yeah. Driving all different colors of ice cream because it, it, it was the symbolic of like all the races coming together with the Democratic Party. And I did yes. that one. And then after the inauguration, I did the one based on the coats of all the, um, yes. you know, Bill Obama's coat and Jill Biden's coat. Oh, so yeah. that was the piece of driving the piece of cake. You can't yeah. really see them on it, but. No, yeah. I will post them on the social okay. media because I remember seeing the one after the inauguration and I thought that I've been, you know, seeing them for a couple of years since we became Facebook friends. But that one I was like. That's it. Like that was uh, the one that I loved the most. But oh, thank you. It was like my I put my emotions into my sculpting, and I think that when you said you know that this was called Pop of Passion, I thought, wow, I've really been, I really do have a passion for it. You know, when you realize that, like, yeah, I would definitely call that my passion because it's like whatever I'm thinking about, craving, looking at political climate all comes together. And the worst part about working and doing what I do is not having enough time to work on my clay. Right. Yeah. So I, when do you find time? When's like your, when does um, inspiration strike? 
You know, Jax, I used to stay up really late. Like I would just do, you know, finish something at two in the morning. I'm not that person anymore. Like this, this pandemic quarantine has changed that for me. I start to get, go to bed at 10 30 11 o'clock that was unheard of before yeah i have friends we call each other mole the mole people because we <laughs> it would be nothing to be up at two so now i'm working on something for a friend of mine and i really have just been doing it in little tiny bits which i don't like to do i don't like to leave things undone first of all the clay gets dust on it and it's not <laughs> i yeah. have to cover it but it's really it's really um hard to find time it's really hard to find time to do it yeah i feel like the world is like waking up yeah. It never stopped, but it's it w- paused a bit. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, okay, get ready. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. 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 And I had I really enjoyed myself cuz I thought, you know, there's going to be a time where you won't have an uninterrupted afternoon to do it. I'm kind of glad I have something to show for it. I mean, it's a bunch of tiny, I think there's 20 of them. But it's it's fun to have something to look at to go, wow, that was 2020. I remember that. Yeah. It's cool that it's like physical. Yes. I don't really have anything physical to look at um, that I, it's like tactical, you know, uh-huh. I, it's just like, ugh, it's just a bunch of tweets. Like, I don't know. That's not That's great. Good. I mean, it's, it's out there. It's a, there's a record. There's a public record of your thoughts of that. <laughs> I don't know if it's the best thing. No, I'm just <laughs> Yeah. So do you have a favorite, um, piece that you've made so far do you have an idea for something you would love to create in the future I think I really liked the I liked the pickle it was father the baby new year of 2021 oh yeah driving the old the old um father time with his sickle like 2021 is saying I'll get us out of this pickle yes and bringing up the rear with 2020 in the back seat. Oh, that was a fun one. And then I love for to look at over and over and go, I can't believe I made that. I think this one, I have a little pig driving um, a charcuterie board. Oh, very 2021. Yeah, because I was thinking, you know, it's a pig driving sliced meat. So he's really driving one of his dead relatives, if you think about it. Yeah. So that that one was interesting to me, but it's like, I, I, people, you know, a lot of people would ask me, well, are you going to make a stop motion animation cartoon of them all? And there's, <laughs> there's a part of me that's so complimented by people saying that's what they'd like to see next. But part of me is like, can anything just be what it is? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's what it is. It's just what it is. I don't have to, because the way people, you know what you should do and you should do and you should cast it and then play all the voices yourself and do a stop motion anime. I said, do people think like, well, I have a mini Pixar just off the garage. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know how to do a step. I mean, I could figure it out, but I'm, then I started feeling like, well, I have to do that. That's what the people want to see. And then I'm like, no, you could just, I don't know, sculpt because it's relaxing. Like several people, which is such a compliment are like, please set up a video camera so we can watch you create the thing from beginning to end. And I went, no, because then I'm doing what I'm trying to get away from, which is being yeah. on camera. You know what I mean? That I would get in my head and judge totally. it. And so it's like, it's something I do to relax and unwind and I'm passionate about, but I don't want to be on display while I'm doing it. I totally relate to that. I I guess I, it wasn't really during the pandemic. It was, I started painting little tiny paintings, not like tiny, but just like uh, the size of my hand in like December. That's- Nice. And so we I, both have a miniature art love. Yeah. But yeah. I I didn't 
I didn't share them right away because I was kind of like, it's not about that. It's about right. the m- moment of me doing it and me disconnecting. Right. And I then eventually I did post them. And I found after posting some of them, I stopped doing it. That interesting. Yeah. I felt like, I don't know. It was just like, okay, I got all these likes. And like, what does that mean? And right. it kind of took away the fun for me. So I think I'd like right. to get back into it. But I don't think I want to share them yeah, I on social it- media. I understand that. And I did years ago, I, I think I put the squirrel up and then like one person liked it and I was like, oh, okay, I, never mind. Yeah. And then I waited until I heard the cottage core story and I didn't do it again for years, years. And then I just started doing it like crazy because it was very relaxing. Yeah, it is yeah. so relaxing to do something with your hands. Exactly. I think something that I love about your art is that most of them are like so funny. Oh, thank you. That's so nice. And I feel like I like thinking of the captions like, what was the one? Oh, the panda, the panda and the pandemic for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Driving the pumpkin pie. On the pie, yes. Yeah, I like like when people get the whole thing, like the whole idea of it. This was one of my favorite ones because I did Ruth Bunny Ginsburg. Oh, awesome. She's a tiny little judge bunny driving a piece of cheesecake because she's from New York and it's New York cheesecake. Yeah. Sometimes when I explain them, I'm like, I'm nuts, but I I really enjoy it. You know, the devil is in the details. I will say I own, I think, four Gilmore Girls shirts. But for today, I had to get a new sweatshirt just for you and this is an audio podcast so i got this sweatshirt it's a lovely sweatshirt oh fantastic created by amy sherman Palladino. now doesn't that sort of give the viewer the idea that perhaps you're her daughter she doesn't have a daughter but it's like if you're or is it just like you love things created by her because if you're wearing it does it kind of make it seem like she made you okay so i would say that it's a little like plan words you know that to see the words created by Amy Sherman Palladino in 2016, three weeks after the election, was one of the, like I have chills right now. It was such a powerful moment for me. Um, And that was really special. So that's where I got the idea. But then I was like, you know what? I kind of was created by Amy Sherman Palladino. Like I started watching Gilmore Girls when I was in fourth grade. Fantastic. And people always tell me to slow down talking and to not make all these references and you know what I mean? And it's like. But you feel like a, like you fit in, you just fit into that world. That's your, that's the world you're comfortable in. Yeah. And I've been yeah. here so long. That's like 20 years of my life. It really is. That's yeah. right. That's a and big you know, portion. created by when you say 2016, do you mean when a year in the life was having the premiere that that was, that was an exciting time? Yeah, so it, I love meeting people who love Gilmore Girls, who are very into the Netflix series because some purists really go the first six seasons. Forget that seventh one mm-hmm. is the Gilmore Girls, and they're not as open. But I love the fact that I had the opportunity to come back after all that time and yeah. revisit those people, those and a new character. Character, yeah, it was really that was really a rewarding experience because when that ended, no one thought we were going to do more. I mean, it, no way, no way. Right. If anyone said to me, what's the show that you did that you probably will revisit again in how long was it? 10 years? I don't know. It was like 
Yeah, it was like 11 years yeah, or something like something that. Like that. Yeah, it was really fun. Really and fun. I just want to thank you for being involved in it because honestly, I had such a hard time. Um, I'm from the town that Hillary Clinton's from, so she's like a hometown hero. Okay. And so even though she's not like my favorite politician on earth, I don't even have a favorite politician, whatever. I was excited to vote for her in her hometown for the first female you know, president on the ticket. And that was like really heartbreaking. But then I had this thing to look forward to, which was the Gilmore Girls revival. And I remember the day after Thanksgiving, I woke up early. I had taken the day off of work because um, I worked at a grocery store. I worked at Trader Joe's. So like I had, it was expected that wasn't a day off. And I had all my favorite foods and I just watched. I love that. And like it, I, you had such a great performance, you know, being gypsy, but also your other role is Berta. That was so, that was fun. so and cool. The fun part for me was people discovering that way after it had already aired. Like, I still get notes from people going, I didn't know. And my second viewing through, then I realized it was you. Because I thought right away people who were seasoned viewers would go, well, that's Gypsy with some glasses. <laughs> but no. it was really, re that was super rewarding for me to meet fans and not have them not know at all. And that premiere time was so exciting because we, you know, the, the, it was such a big party and they sort of turned the place that they held it into a mini stars hollow and had Aww. like handy booths. And it was just, it was the most beautiful party. And we were all there going, is this, did this really happen? Like it, it, it was really incredible to be with, to be with the people again after not seeing them. And even to be on set because it was like, wait, this is the town meeting. This is Miss Patty's. It, it seems so much bigger yeah. or, or smaller. It was like, it, it was weird. It was really, really cool. That I is, loved it. Yeah. That's an amazing experience that, I was happy to be a, a, like able to be a viewer of, and I think it's such a testament to your talent and your hard work that people did not recognize you oh, as Berta. You. It was fun. I'm glad Amy gave me the chance to do that. And she was really, um, at the table read, she was really adamant that it should be me. Lauren, Lauren, Amy, and Dan all kind of had the idea at the same time after I, I, I just read for it because they didn't cast the person yet. So they go, okay, Rose, they gave me like seven roles to read. So I was like flipping through pages. I had five different color highlighters yeah. and I was going, and the scripts for those, those 90 minute there, you can imagine how much they can shove in. They were like this, I'm making my fingers like a phone book people, like yeah. a thick script yeah, that's... for each winter, spring, summer, fall. So that was really like exciting to, to try and be more than one person. So I didn't think like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm doing Gypsy and Berta. No, it was like Gypsy, Berta, Naomi. It was a, it was a bunch of people. Wow. Yeah. At the reading. So you have a background in a Chicago style of improv. Mm -hmm. Do you think that has prepared you um, for all your success? And how do you think that sort of plays into your passion? Because I see a connection. I, I feel like I do too. I mean, I feel like I was around some of the most incredibly talented, funny people in the era. There, it, Second City has people all, since it was born of incredible talent. But when I was there, were really special people that jumped off and did, you know, I was there in the um, Amy Sedera, Steve Carell, Steve Colbert. I toured with those people. Those That was like, those were my peers. And I'm still amazed at everything they do to this day. And I feel like we... You know, when you're in a van with people, we toured the country. We would do shows around the country. Yeah. And I feel like 
when you're with people that you have the same, like you do with Gilmore Girls, if you meet another fan of Gilmore Girls right away, you've got that shortcut of language where you'll say, oh, with the poodles already, they know exactly what you're talking yep. about. So the people, we all love TV and we would talk so quickly to each other about old television and movie references. And I thought, I'm, I'm with my people. These are my people. So it was like finding your tribe. After college, I had a lot of great theater um, friends in college at Michigan State. I did a lot of performing. And then at Second City, the ability to think really fast on your feet and reflect back what the audience wanted to see. Yeah, it's it's the quick thinking. If I'm ever thrown into an audition situation where they give me direction at the last minute, the Second City people that are Second City trained and improv trained are unflappable. Whereas another actor that might need a long time with a piece of material, I thought nothing of them handing me seven roles at a table read where all the Netflix executives were sitting around the table because I was like, ah, yeah, I could do this. Yeah. You know, then afterwards, when you think about it, you're like, oh my gosh, I lived through that. <laughs> you know? Right. It, you know, like, it, it, it is, it, it did help. I mean, I think it helped it, my training. Absolutely. I yeah. have to share that a previous guest, um, I mentioned you were um, going to be on the show and um, they said that they looked up to you when they were in classes at Second City. That's so nice. Because um, you were on stage and uh, yeah, it was Kevin Dorf. Oh my goodness! Yeah. I know Kevin Dorf, very talented Kevin Dorf. How and, fun! And he—that's so nice. Thank you for telling me that. Yeah, he's a big Bunheads fan. I had no idea. Oh yeah. Oh, I wish Bunheads lasted longer. That was I so much know. fun. Really fun. I was just thinking about that today. How you cannot be in a bad mood if you're tap dancing. If you're tap dancing and you're a little bit crabby, you just feel so happy. Yes. And I was terrible at it, and I didn't care. I just my character was like, yeah. who cares? Exactly. I'm just kidding. Yeah, that was really fun. Yeah. I like that. I, I really wish, I think it was maybe on at the wrong time. ABC Family was trying to take it in the direction of more um, dramatic things. And, right. and Bunheads was very lighthearted. I, I think that if she were, we were to ever do it again, it would find a home today on one of the 8 million streaming channels. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. you heard it here first on Pop of Passion. There is a Bunheads revival. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> In my dreams. I'm so afraid to say anything about no, anything. No, I know. People get like, are there going to be, I get so many direct messages about asking if there's going to be something. I personally think it would be a great idea if they would do a holiday movie, yes. like a Stars Hollow holiday movie. That's my pitch. Yes, I would love that. Yes. At least that. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely Bunheads was so ahead of its time. Oh, I think so too. Yeah. But it also has been so respected. I heard about Bunheads because Mindy Kaling and BJ Novak were tweeting about it. It took me till like episode two to realize it was uh, Amy Sherman Palladino. And I was like, okay, we got Kelly Bishop. We got Rose Abdu. And I was like, there's something. And then I saw, that, you know, created by Amy Sherman Palladino. And I was like, oh, duh, that's why I'm obsessed with this. But even the like so talented, I love that. And the cool thing was, it, there were similarities in that there was a sort of a town meeting in that yeah. too. And I started to take my seat. I don't know. I just like immediately walked on set and started to sit in the audience. And Amy goes, "What are you doing? Get up there." I said, "What do you mean?" She's like, "Get up there at the head table." And I was like, "I felt like <gasps> I graduated to be an elder statesman, a la Taylor or Miss Patty by sitting at the table." I was like wait a minute so sam's running the meeting practically yeah that was a big moment for me <laughs> well i don't remember where i heard this but i remember it must have been a podcast you said you like to play judges because you like to be seated yes. love to be seated love it because i came from stage background and in stage as you know you do it once yep. and it's done 
you're done. Yeah. You're finished. The audience saw it. They clapped. It's over. It was a shock to my system. My first television series was in 1993. And I played an ex-mafia wife turned parole officer who had to chase her husband across the country in a Winnebago. It was called Johnny Bago. Kind of politically incorrect. <laughs> and I play, and I did my scenes. I had a lot of lines because I was the lead in the show, female lead. And I finished this big, long scene. And they were like, okay, we're going to do it again. And I was like, why do we have to do it again? I was perfect. Yes. <laughs> I didn't make any mistakes and you do it again and again and again and that ability to keep it fresh every time has been the biggest challenge of my tv media career because i like to do things once and get it over with like second city yeah so i didn't like to do things again and again and so when you have to take it walking down a long hallway getting in an elevator carrying something high heels that don't they're not yours so you're you're always yeah. in other people's clothing it's not as fun when I see an audition where I'm like, oh, she's a teacher, she sits at a desk. Oh, she's a judge, she sits at the bench. It's fantastic, because then I keep, my mind is fresh because I haven't moved much. <laughs> that you is... don't have to do that part over and over again. You just have to do the talking part over and over again. Yeah, so do you, are you seated when you make your art or? Yes, when I sculpt? Yeah. Yes, the, I would love to see a person walk around while they sculpt. I don't. I don't know. I feel like in this world of standing desks, it is Ooh, a possibility, especially you're, in Los right. Angeles. You're absolutely right. Like, put a treadmill there and get some steps in while you sculpt. Oh, no, I that like kills it for me. I mean, like, do what you want to do, but like that. I don't know why that hurts my heart. I know. I don't know how people do it. I yes, I'm seated, and I also I just bought new chairs. I'm trying to sculpt in different areas, but I seem to do. I have a really cool booth in my kitchen, and Ooh. and it's like. It's like a diner booth. It's very yeah. cool. And I seem to sit there the most. Like, you know, you just find your spots that you go, well, this is where it happens. And I try yeah. and do it in other rooms and it just doesn't work. Yeah, that's so cool. I feel like there's a special energy in spaces that not everyone's like actually aware of. Yes. But it feels true. like you're aware of it because you're probably so aware of your body having you're an actor. Yeah, I think you're right. And I and my sister's very creative and she seems she has a whole craft room, but she has to sit at her dining room table. That's just where it's it, it yeah. happens. Yeah. It's very interesting. And I'm happened. amazed by people. I'll go visit people and they'll do something creative in the tiniest corner of their like give yourself give yourself like a bigger space to do that thing. Yeah. I think people get like, well, it's just a hobby, so it doesn't I I, I wanna get more into, you know, feeling like I can use my space like I have a room I turned, it was an office, but I was like, all I do for work is get dressed for different characters. So I turned the whole room into a closet with, you know, I have a separate closet for character clothes. So I have like things that I've worn on Gilmore Girls and Bunheads and things, and they have their own little tags. That's my other passion is organizing. I love to organize people's things, my things. So my clay is very organized. I love to organize things. That's another passion, side passion that you didn't ask for. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. Are you a Virgo? No, I'm a Sagittarius. Interesting. Are Virgos very organized? Yeah, like oh, very okay. detail-oriented. I'm not a Virgo. I'm the uh, messiest. What are you? I'm a Gemini. A Gemini. Mm -hmm. I had friends in Chicago that were Geminis, and they lived, my friend Dorothy, Dorothy Milne from Lifeline. Yeah. She lived in a house. She's a Gemini, and the two guys that lived downstairs were Geminis. So I said, you're three people, but you're really... Six people. Yeah. Because they really were all, you know, a couple of ways. Definitely. I, love I always love Geminis, always. Yeah, well, that's because we're like uh, two sides of the same coin. Sagittarius and Gemini are oh, like soul okay. sisters. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I always have found my mom's a Sagittarius. 
you know, it's just, it's a nice. When's your mother's birthday? Her birthday is November 30th. I'm November 28th. <gasps> wow. So that was in a very exciting time back to Gilmore Girls is that premiere was that Thanksgiving weekend. It was yeah. also my birthday weekend. And it was so full circle for me because I came to LA in nine, in 2000. I had been back and forth for seven years when I did other television stuff. But I came in 2001 when I finally got rid of my Chicago apartment. And my friends had a birthday cake for me and I made a wish. I had had the audition and I wished the phone rang and I got, I think I've told this on another show, but I, I got the part of Gilmore. It was November 30th. My birthday was the 28th. They gave me the cake. I got the part. So I wished for love. And then I was like, why did I waste a wish on love? This is terrible. <laughs> but I had just gotten a job. So I always, always would wish career things. I had just gotten Gilmore Girls. The very next day I went to a party and I met the guy that I ended up marrying. Oh so my gosh. It was like Gilmore Girls, my, my boyfriend turned fiance turned now husband all came in, in one clump for me wow really cool so that i associate thanksgiving weekend and my birthday weekend in november with that like good luck and really like fun feeling that is it's so cool it's like when it rains it pours yeah. and i find that for like positive experiences and negative experiences yes. but i'm so happy you had a such positive experiences yeah. that was it and, and i was cast on your mom's birthday on november 30th Oh my gosh, she's gonna freak out because she is loves. Is she a fan too? Oh, oh she does. Yes. Oh, good. She... I love to meet mother daughters who lo who love it, just like in the show, you know. And in the fan festival, I got to meet three generations. Like it was the mother. She said I turned my daughter onto it, and then the daughter was old enough to have a daughter, and it keeps oh my going. Gosh. Good. A lot of people are like. Yeah, I mean, I was drinking coffee. In my mom's gonna fact check me, but definitely before I started watching Gilmore Girls, we would like go to breakfast on Saturday mornings. I'd be drinking coffee. Then there's this show, and there's this mom and daughter who are super close. They're drinking coffee, and she used to let me like skip CCD. Um, oh I'm, yeah, I don't know what that stands for. It's like I don't either, and I had to do it every Saturday. Yeah, I don't know what it stands yeah. for, but it was on Tuesday nights, and so I got to skip for the season finale. Oh, and that was a huge deal, and like, because my mom was into it too. She's like, "Yeah, no, I don't want to have to go pick you up." And <laughs> this was we didn't even have a VHS that would tape. I mean, remember we had back to have a neighbor do it. You had yeah. to be home. You had to watch it come out live. Yeah, yeah. That was my before VCRs. I mean, I don't know how anybody got anything done or went anywhere because you it was like appointment viewing. You had yeah. To That's funny. So you blew out the candle on the cake. I did. Your wishes I, came true. Me a cake, and my and and I said, oh. As soon as I said it, I thought, oh, why did I wish for love? How dumb. And then the very next day, I met this guy, and he said to me, "What are you doing this week to get together?" And I said, "I'm doing this new show. It's called Gilmore Girls." He said, "My sister loves that show, because at the time on the CW, like a lot of people, you know, didn't know of it. Yeah. The way they do now. So I said, oh, okay." that's great. I'm working on it. I'm actually, he said, what are you playing? I said, an auto mechanic. So he's very funny. And he just goes, okay, work my name in. I go, okay. Cause I liked him so much. So in Richard, Richard and stars hollow, I think is the name of the yes. episode. My very first one where I have the windshield wipers. Yes. I did a lot of takes. I had happened to have worked with that director, Jamie Babbitt. She's great. Mm -hmm. And I worked with her like on another show years prior. And I kept saying meta. That's my husband's last name at the end. She goes, that's really funny, Rose, but could you do a couple where you're not saying that weird word at the end? I go, oh, okay. 
But I'm like, why did I say yes to that? I worked his name in. I think I told this on another show, but I said, I said, I wanted to, um, I wanted to work his name in. I don't know why, but he was so supportive of me playing Gypsy. It was like, I associate that whole journey with playing that as in my love life too. Yeah, funny. that is so cool. And that's like a very known as a line perfect show. Yes. So that is so cool that you got to like bring your improv. I know, but they, they didn't use it in the final cut, but it was really funny that they even let me do that many takes. Yeah. And then actually, this is another crazy tidbit. My husband's a comedy writer and the real Dave Rogalski, mm-hmm. the real Dave Rogalski, who actually taught Hep Alien the instruments, like he's instrumental in the music, and my husband are very, very close friends. <gasps> that is so cool. Justice for Dave Rogalski. Yeah. Everyone talks about Rory's partners and – Adam Brody as Dave Rogowski killed it, in my opinion. Yes, me too. Me too. Yeah. yeah. I really haven't. The fans are so much more familiar with the with the show than I am. I have not. I don't think I've seen every episode of the show. I'm sure of it. Because And then Lauren used to tease me, like, long about the fifth or sixth episode. She goes, Rose, you're the only one watching the show that's in the show. I was like, well, because I loved it. Yeah. But she, I didn't um, I didn't watch all of them for sure. I, people make references to things that I have no idea what they're talking about all the time. Well, or they'll tell me something that I did, and I'll go, what? I don't remember that at all, which I love when that happens. Yeah. It's yeah. such it, – it was a different time for the original run to have, like, 21 or 22 episodes for seven seasons. Yeah. They don't do that anymore. No. That's it's a lot of material. Yeah. Yeah. That is so cool. So I just can imagine you like blowing out this candle on a piece of cake, um, dreams coming true, and now because you blew out that candle and your wish came true, now we're sitting here talking about you making cake out of clay. Yeah, you tied it together so beautifully. It's true. And a lot of them are cakes. It yeah. all started with a cake. It started with a cake and my passion's still cake. Anytime there's cake involved, I'm in. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Rose. I want to ask you one fun little question. Sure. I ask every guest a question that has the word pop in it, um, and I try to tailor it to the guest. So your question today, Poppleton Railway Station in York, England is also known as pop. Because you create so many um, miniatures that feature um transportation i thought this would be a fun question for you if you could take a train ride anywhere in the universe or your imagination that would take one hour of your time where would you go and why oh my goodness today i would say i want to go to i know this is not exotic but i i would like to go to michigan i would love to go to michigan in one hour on an imaginary train yeah because my mother is 93 years old wow she is also a miniature artist. She paints beautiful scenes on Christmas ornaments. Aww. And she I had her paint the gazebo. And the woman won it at an auction and broke it immediately. And I told my mother and she was like, I will never paint that gazebo again. So she <laughs> did it, but she did it for me. And then she said, that's it. Cause it was the hardest thing she'd ever done. Yeah. But I miss her so much. I have not seen her and I'm going to fly there, but it's going to take a lot more than one hour. Yeah. So I I said, before I spoke to you this this morning, I was telling my neighbor, I wish there was some fast imaginary way to get there. So it's funny that you should ask me that, but I would definitely go to see my mother in Michigan. That, and then I'll, once I got there, I'd be like, did I waste my imaginary train trip? Could I have picked another location? <laughs> I'm kidding. You know, somebody asked waste. me if I draw so many animals doing vehicles because of Gypsy. And I hadn't thought about that. It's like, they are little food cars. 
So that all kind of comes together too. Like I worked on cars, their food yeah. car from Detroit, the Motor City. You know, I didn't learn to drive till I had to be on that television show where I played the police officer. I didn't learn to drive till late in life. So it's all coming together. I love that. I think that's so cool. And it's like, it's just so beautiful. It's like it was written in the stars. And there's an episode I think called Written in the Stars. Yeah, I'm trying to, I think, um, is it the one where they talk about the star-crossed lovers and that's how the Stars Hollow got the name? I don't know, but I get residual checks, I believe, that say written in the star. So I know there's some episode that might be called there. And I was telling, you know, I'm friends with, um, we just did Scott Patterson's podcast with Sally, with Babette, and it's coming out very soon. And I was talking to her, I was trying to describe to her because to a person that's not on online and on Facebook and Instagram, I said, we're very popular, Sally. She goes, why can't there be, <laughs> she's so cute. Why can't there be a movie with the with Gypsy and Babette and the townspeople? Wouldn't people like that? Like we're into that. And I go, yeah, I think they would. She goes, let's get that. Let's get that going. She's just so cute. I would give anything to do things with, you didn't ask me this, but I'm telling you anyway. I love it. With certain people, again, I would love to work. Of course, I'd want to work with Lori, Lauren and Alexis again. But if they are too busy, there are other people that I would love to hang out with again. Yeah. For sure. No, I'm like already writing the fan fiction of that film in my head and do it. I'll send it to you. I don't know. Yeah. Um, But that is so cool that you like have maintained these relationships and especially with Sally and Gypsy and it's so funny because the fans know the show so well. I'm like Gypsy and Babette were you would see them together or near each other. And the other day I said to someone, oh, Mrs. Kim, I never I never Gypsy never met Mrs. Kim and the fans were like, wait a minute, wait a minute trying to see if they could remember. And I said, I'm telling you, I know that I, Gypsy never met her because I hadn't met the actress playing her until the fan festival. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Out of all those episodes, they never crossed paths. That's weird. Well, it's such a like all-star, real character actors. And it's, it's just like an ensemble cast in its purest yeah. form. And I know I'm, love the three Gilmore girls but I'm what brings me back is what they refer to on the Gilmore guys as the townies oh that's so nice those stories are what get me because I started watching when I was younger than um Rory so I idolized Rory now I'm like four years away from being Lorelai's age in the pilot but there's something so cool about all the different characters who have all these different backgrounds and the way they're written and the way they're portrayed is just like, I haven't seen it duplicated. And I, I would love to see it duplicated in a movie. Like I, yes, let's, you know, I hopefully in a year from now or less, we'll be saying, remember when we talked about it, do you think that idea was put in the universe? by us and it happened you never know yeah, no we don't know things gonna happen i really thought oh i'm playing gypsy on an episode of the game i didn't know it was going to turn into a whole thing yeah you know, i thought i was doing one and then to be i was in new york i remember my friend took me on this beautiful trip to new york where i saw like the color purple and just all these great broadway shows we were in the hotel i said i had my agents calling me and i was in the hotel like getting ready to go see the color purple mm-hmm. and i sat down in the hallway I said, what's going on? He goes, the Gil- Netflix, they're going to do more Gilmore Girls. Like, no way. It was crazy. Like, I just was like, this is so exciting. 
So who knows what can happen is the point that I'm Yeah. Making. It's like yeah. we plan and God laughs. There you go. And yeah, I definitely remember the moment that I saw the tweet from Michael Osiello that it was being revived and oh my gosh. I'm really glad you enjoyed the the year in the life. That was so much fun to work on. And I know I read a lot of things from fans that were like, they don't love it or they didn't like the musical or they didn't like this or that. But it really was amazing to have Amy open her, you know, mind to let the characters, she always had ideas of where they, she wanted them to go. And I was like, you have to remember if it didn't go in the direction that you wanted it to, they wouldn't exist without her creating them. You know, these are, these are people, it's all in Amy and Dan's minds. So I just, I loved, I loved seeing, well, this creative person wants these characters to go in this direction and she yeah. has a reason why. And I, I, I was a hundred percent in for the whole thing. Yeah. I'm not here to question Amy yeah. Sherman Palladino, Dan Palladino. I'm not here to question them. They've given me such gifts That's as joy, you. Right? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I know, I, I know it's controversial, but like, it was perfect timing when it came out, even when it was announced. Through it all, I think the message of this conversation is like, things happen when they're supposed to happen. Yes, exactly. You know, you found this art form or reconnected with it during yep. a pandemic. And look, it's about what makes you happy. And if you can bring joy to others, that's just the cherry on top of the miniature cake with the wheels. Cherry? on top of the of the elephant driving the banana split with yep. the cherry exactly i love it so i'm gonna do a quick um passion plug um on behalf of one of my good friends and then i will uh, let you do your passion plug great so um my lovely sophomore year of college roommate samatha is famously known as the most calm person ever and I appreciate her patience and calming presence. And I would like to plug um, Princeton Mutual Aid in Mercer for abolition. They've been both doing incredible work and she would also love to highlight them and the general importance of working with your local mutual aid networks to care for your community and fight for abolition. So sending that one out to my good friend, Samatha. And Rose. Well, the passion I have, um, I have never had a pet in my 53 at that point years of life. And we got a dog and I remember being on set where I was working on Year in the Life and I was so excited to get this dog because I'd never owned a dog. And Amy and Dan wanted to meet the dog and we got the dog and he ran away after the four hours. Oh we had him for four hours and he ran away. So I had to film. I think I was filming Winter and Gypsy and I had to film Berta. I was filming as Gypsy, Monkey the dog ran away. And when I was dressed as Berta, Monkey returned. We Someone found him and it's a whole, oh. it's a, that could be a whole podcast in and of itself. But we all, I always tease Monkey that his whole life, uh, he would have, had he not run away, been in a year in the life. He would have been in the winter carnival with all the dogs walking yeah. around. I had to be there with Paul Anka and look at all these dogs going, I, I had a dog for four hours, but he's gone. But he came back and we had him for five wonderful years. And he was, you know, my husband and I don't have children. So he was our boy and he passed away very suddenly this past March. And he had, he was an older dog. We didn't know how old he was, but anyway, another friend of mine, his name is Gary Albert and he has 
an incredible pet store in Michigan called Rough Life. And he turned me on to this organization called Silver Muzzle Cottage. And they, um, they raise money to help senior dogs live oh, out their best life. I so for that. people who don't adopt, you know, people want a puppy or they don't want an older dog. And I thought, what a wonderful, because so many people were saying, you know, of course I'm devastated over the loss of monkey, but we knew we gave him his, we gave him the best life yeah, for the last, the his last years. Year. his golden years. Exactly. So I was very interested in that organization. Silver Muzzle Cottage, and they have a Facebook page where there's a ton of information on it. Awesome. I will link that in the show notes. Rose, this has been like a joy. I feel like um, I'm I'm not going to cry, but I might a little bit. But like if I told my eight-year-old self that I'd be sitting here, I I would freak out. So I'm going to shut up. So happy because I want to tell you something I get asked to do, as you can well imagine, millions of these now, not that many, but, but there's a, there's a lot of people that want to do things like this. Your letter was so lovely and so heartfelt and was so like, I thought, Oh, this girl is really, you knew so much about me and my work. I was so complimented. So just know that, you know, sometimes when you get caught up in doing things like this, you're like, does anybody care what I'm doing? You know, mm-hmm. so to know that there's an audience out there as an actor that you're touching in some way emotionally and entertaining to get that feedback back from you is a, is a gift for me too. It really mm-hmm. is. So well, I'm so glad we could connect like through the Chicago festival and everything that yes. we, we ended up finding each other, you know, and I had known another person named Jackson. I thought, what are the chances that I would meet two people named Jack? But I really appreciated it. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to talk to you about stuff you love is stuff I love. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, Take care. All the best with it. Thank you. So um, thank you for listening to Pop of Passion, produced by Christine Ferreira. Please follow the show on social media, Pop of Passion and popofpassionpodcast.com. I'm Jack Sparker. Go out and be the light, living your passion. (laughs) 